Amen. Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35. And uh, then we're going to read Mark chapter 6, verse 42. And, uh, and Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And, and, and you can just remain seated because we're going to be studying. And I'm going to, I may stop while we're reading this and do a little exert. Uh, Jesus of it and uh, exhort a little bit so um, you'll want to just uh, uh, keep keep this handy or keep it up there but let's read the word of the Lord we're going to find we're going to be looking into uh, the New Testament and we're going to be reading store three accounts about two different storms uh, on the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Gennesaret whichever term you want to use in Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35 and the storm Excuse me. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. They were going to go across the uh, Sea of Galilee. And when, they had, when he, they had sent the multitudes, away the multitudes, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. So Jesus got in the boat with them, and there were a few other little ships following along. And they were going to go across the Sea of Galilee. Sea of Galilee's about seven miles across, and about it's actually like uh, more like our Great Lakes up in the north. Uh, it's not really a sea, but because it, it has fresh water, but it is seven miles across and 14 miles long. So they're going crossways, about seven miles across an open body of water. And uh, never mind that these men are very, very familiar for, with this area. They're Galileans. And they have done this many times. So he said, we're going to go to the other side. Uh, and they sent the multitudes away. And so they got in, Jesus got in the big ship and the, the little ships were following along. And when we say ship, we're not talking about like an ocean liner or stuff. Uh, a big ship would be from here to the back door. A small ship would be from here to Alex. Uh, and, uh, and these would be more like what we would call boats. Uh, but a large fishing boat might be as far as from here to the back door. And a small one when might be as, as just 15 or 20 feet. And so... Uh, uh, they're going across, and, and uh, as they're doing that, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves began to beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, he being Jesus. And they waked him, and they said unto him, Master, Carest thou not that we perish? And he rose, and he rebuked the wind, and he said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? These are the disciples in the boat with Jesus. They've seen him do all kinds of miracles. But this is the first time that they've seen him command nature. He literally speaks to the wind and he speaks to the, to the uh, sea and he says, Peace be still. And it immediately calmed. Okay, so we're going to go to the next storm in Mark chapter 6 in verse 42. And they did all eat and were filled. Now this, is, this storm happens right after the miracle 
of the five loaves and the two fishes. So they have eaten and they've been filled and you know what happens? They collect, verse 43, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments of the fishes. And they, and they did eat of the loaves about 5,000 men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Now you need to see some things happening here. Immediately after this miracle of the loaves and the fish, and they collected these 12 baskets of fragments, he says to, he constrains, immediately he constrains his disciples to get into the ship and go to the other side unto Bethsaida. Again, they're crossing over the Sea of Galilee on the, the, not the long way, but the short way, seven miles. They're crossing over. And he sent the people away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to a mountain to pray. So now you see this scene. He sends, makes his disciples get into a boat and go to the other side. And he says, I'm going to meet you on the other side. Jesus goes to a mountain to pray. So Jesus is not in the boat on this storm. And, it's, and he says, uh, 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 excuse me, go to mountain and pray. Verse 47. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling, and, toiling in rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking upon the sea, and he would have passed them by. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it to be a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and he said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up to them into the ship and the wind ceased and they were sore amazed in themselves above, beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. You need to remember this statement. We're going, to, we're going to deal with this in just a moment. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves. For their heart was hardened. Okay. They immediately after they collected 12 baskets of fragments, immediately, straightway, he puts them in a boat and tells them to go on the other side. There is no doubt that some of those fragments were on the boat. They didn't just gather 12 baskets and throw them away. They gathered 12 baskets so they could take the, the, the fish and the loaves with them to eat for a later time. And he, the Bible said, and we'll, we'll get to it in just a minute. Now, I want to read this same storm. This is our second storm, but our second reading about the exact same storm. And you're going to know this one. This is where Peter walks on the water. But it's just found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Mark does not include the part about Peter walking on the water. Matthew does. This is not unusual in the synoptic gospels for, for two or three different accounts of the same story uh, to come from two or three different directions. And it's not... Uh, unusual or unprecedented in the Bible for one person to put one part in there and another person put another part in it. It's from the perspective of the writer that is writing about the same storm. And so now we read Matthew's account. 
And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side, and he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went into a mountain to a part, a part to pray. And when the evening was come, and there he was alone, and he was there alone, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea and tossed with the waves, and the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea and were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake to them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Now here's the part where Matthew picks up. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the, sea, uh, out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind bolsterous, he was afraid, and he began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hands and caught him and said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. Now, the thought that I'm going to leave with you tonight, or I'm going to discuss, or we're going to dig deep in, is the purpose of the storm. The purpose of the storm. That's what we're going to talk about. Now, when we talk about storms in, in the Bible, these storms are left there as a teacher to us. And when we speak of the purpose of the storm for them, is it, it, we can relate that as a metaphor in our life to the perfect, uh, to a storm for us. What is the purpose of our storms? And um, I'm going to say some things about storms. First off, storms are a part of life. These men were fishermen. These men had, most of them had spent most of their life on this body of water. They knew it well. This was not the first time they had been in a storm. They knew what storms looked like. They knew how storms came. They wouldn't be surprised uh, if uh, there was a storm. Now, when we in Central Texas identify storms, we, we tend to look for a norther coming, these blue northers coming down like we had a couple of weeks ago that created the tornado. We had an ultra uh, low pressure in this area, a lot of moisture in the air, and all of a sudden the norther starts coming down even in the late springtime, and it meets that and creates a tornado. So we kind of see those things coming. Or we see big, huge storm clouds with a lot of lightning uh, in the, the, the storms. And that's how we identify storms. But the storms on the Sea of Galilee are a little different. It is uh, a very low body of water. It's surrounded uh, on uh, three sides by mountains. And the wind, when it comes off of those mountains, creates a vortex. Uh, a vortex would be the same thing that's a tornado. Now, don't think of a tornado, but just think of a rotating wind. And a, and a, and a wind that not necessarily just rotating like our tornado, but is just just twisting and turning. So these storms are not 
like a, a rainstorm or a tornado or a hailstorm. These are extreme wind storms. And the wind starts pushing the waves up and starts splashing the water up. And that, that body of water, my wife and I had the privilege of, of being on that body of water in uh, 2020, at the beginning of 2020, uh, I believe it was February, January, whatever, we, February of 2020, right before the pandemic started. We were over there in Israel on that trip right as the pandemic started, barely got home in time. But uh, the day we were on it, it was as slick as glass. It was, I mean, you could have skipped a rock all the way across. It was beautiful. I mean, there wasn't even hardly a ripple on, on the, uh, the whole lake. It was amazing. Uh, I've been there three different times. And, and the, on the other two occasions that we were there, the, that I was there, the, the wind began to blow and the waves would have like white cap waves like you see at the Gulf of Mexico. And I mean, like you're on a sea. And, uh, and in, in, in that Middle Eastern place, it can happen very quickly and it, it can appear to come out of nowhere because you're not seeing clouds on the horizon. You are seeing the wind. You are seeing the effects of the wind. And the wind creates the sea to be just tumultuous. It can go from completely slick, perfect, beautiful, to seven, eight-foot waves that are, will capsize boats. And you would be just foolish to get out on that lake during that time. And so uh, we're, we're, we're looking at the Sea of Galilee in storms for uh, these metaphors, okay? And so we want to talk to you about storms. First off, storms are natural in your life. I, I wouldn't, I, I could be rhetorical tonight and say everybody that hasn't had a storm in your life, hold up your hand. And if you held up your hand like you've never had a storm in your life, uh, then I would say get ready, you're about to have one because storms happen. And when we speak about storms, I'm not talking about just the hailstorm that, tore up my roof the other day and dented my pickup truck and we're going to have to get uh, the new roof put on the house. Uh, but I'm talking about metaphoric storms. I mean, your storm can be a, a routine trip to the doctor. You went in, it's just another, another trip to the doctor. And before you walk out, they're saying you got to have surgery. Or they're saying the C word, you got cancer. Or they're saying uh, something crazy. And, 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 and you, you out of, here we go, out of nowhere. You didn't see it coming. You didn't see the lightning on the horizon. You didn't hear the clap of thunder. You didn't hear, but it, it, it was invisible. And, and the wind is invisible. I don't know if you know that or not. Somebody said, oh no, you can see the trees, but that's the effects of the wind. The wind is invisible. You don't know where it comes from. From whence cometh the wind is where the Bible talks about. Where does it start? Where does it start blowing? Where, how did this thing happen to me? How did I get cancer? How did my marriage fall apart? How did uh, I, I lose my job? So storms come into our life. And, 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 and the first thing, if you're not in a storm right now, hear me. If you plan on living much longer, you will run into another storm. Well, you're depressing me, Brother Sharp. Please talk about something happy tonight. I'm, I'm just going to talk about life. But I'm trying to get you to understand the purpose for the storm and understand the storm itself. You cannot live in this life and not face 
some sort of storm or some sort of controversy or some sort of condition in your life. And so uh, the very first thing you need to understand is lose that why me thing. Why did this happen to me? Why, whoa, whoa, it's me. What's going on? Uh, somebody did me wrong. Somebody uh, backed into my car. Why? That's my new car. Well, if you drive long enough, somebody's probably going to back into your car, new or old. And you might back into somebody else's. Well, why did this, uh, why did this happen? Why, well, why did somebody break into my house? Or why did somebody... Because that's the world we live in. It's not going to go away till you hear the sound of a trumpet. And you need to get, lose the why did this happen to me syndrome. If you are alive, storms, controversies, confusions, uh, conflicts are going to come into your world. Here's the good news. Let me just break for a moment and have some good news. Every storm has a beginning and has an end. Storms do not last forever. They are just, they have a beginning and they have an end. So if you're in a storm, we'll be looking for the end of it coming. If you're, if you're not in a storm and you, and you get in one, just, just remember, well, this is natural. And, and don't try to figure out the other day, it was, it was, we have never in all, and I'm just speaking about storms, and I'm going to get into this in a minute and talk to you about the purpose. But in, in all of the years that I've lived in Central Texas, 50 years, uh, be 50 years in September, my family's lived in Central Texas. And we've had tornadoes. We've had really bad ones around here. Uh, the Gerald tornado years ago, we saw it. We had kids in here that day. Uh, and the 20-year-ago storm, you know which one I'm talking about, that killed 27 people and all that. So we've seen some really bad storms around here. The other day, but in all those years, my wife and I, our families, never got into our safe place uh, because we just been watching it on uh, TV or online or been following it and, and been able to kind of predict where it's going to go in to some degree. Well, the other day, uh, uh, it, 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 I've been here long enough when they tell you it's going to be over the expo at 6.09 and you see it's on the ground and, and it's coming towards the expo and they're saying now it's crossed 2843 and it's running up this way and you're on your phone. Uh, I told my wife at about five minutes to six, because we live just about a mile and a half as the crow flies from the expo. And I said, we've got to get in our safe place. That's just all there's to it. And they had it hooking and turning right across I-35, going to end up going across the academy. And, and so it was coming. I mean, there's, and so we got in there, got the pillows, got everything. We, we, we got under that, uh, ready for it, and we're watching. And, and all of a sudden he goes, now, when it gets just out before it crosses I-35, he says, now the rotation is taking a different look now. And it looks like it's breaking up a little bit. And, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And you can say, well, praise God, I prayed. And God uh, uh, answered my prayer and it didn't hit my house. It stopped on the other side of 35. Well, we were praying, I can guarantee you. But I can guarantee those people on the other side of I-35 were praying too. Uh-oh, did I just say that out loud? You ain't going to tell me they weren't praying? They were praying just like I was praying, praying to the same God I was praying to. It tore up their church. I seen the two churches out on that road. My wife and I went down that 2843, tore up two churches. I mean, leveled them to the concrete. You, you, there wasn't a piece of them standing. Took them down. Houses, trees, tore them down. That was the storm headed for my house, okay, and headed for my wife. Was the Lord love me more than them? No, no. 
These things are just such that are common demand. If you're going to live in this world, you are going to face stuff. It's going to come your way. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. It just because you're just or righteous does not mean you're going to avoid a hailstorm or a tornado or cancer or other kinds of conflict. You've got to understand that in this world, the Bible said men's days are few and full of trouble. We don't get to live a troubled-free life. So, once you've wrapped your brain around that, okay, so storms are going to come. Things are going to happen. Uh, you guys had a storm with the, with the, at the baseball field the other day. Went to, was it baseball? Y'all were doing soccer that night. Baseball. And you just go to play baseball. You don't, you don't go for your whole world to be interrupted and your son's hand to get hurt. You don't, you don't do that. I mean, you just, a storm. It came out of nowhere. No warning. Just an invisible wind. A circumstance comes. But in the storm, and, and what I want to talk to you about is once we understand the storms are natural, once we understand they just come up out of nowhere, some of them we create, but I'm not even talking about the, our created monsters and those kind of things. I'm just talking about storms that we find ourselves into. Did you pump gas this week? That's a storm, but that's a storm. I'll just tell you this. We can't take another three or four or five months of this. I've been in this before. Okay, when in the late 70s, I was a, a high schooler, and, and, and when it hit in the 70s, uh, some strange things starts happening if it stays like this. And for you younger people that don't know what I'm talking about, some really strange things starts happening. You start selling vehicles, you start selling stuff, people start getting rid of stuff, they decide not to drive anymore, they decide not to go. So we are, we're in a storm as far as economic storm right now. Um, and, and I preached a message at not the beginning of this year, but the beginning of last year, where I talked about, this. I think the title of the sermon was God and Government, and I talked about uh, pestilence, famine, and then the sword. And I preached that into the ground. I mean, I, you can go back and re-listen to that sermon. I preached there's pestilence, and that was the COVID, and I said there's going to be famine, and now and we started having the food chain break down, and I'm not prophesying, I'm just reading out of your Bible. What I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be more conflict in the future. There's going to be more storms. If you're living in a false reality that says, I just want everything to go back like it was in Never Never Land, wherever you were at. I don't know, you know, because, it, it, or wherever you, you know, that perfect place. Now, we can hope for some sort of really strange rear view mirror view of reality, and that's not going to happen. But there is a reason for the storm. Storms have a beginning. Storms have an end, so we went through uh, the pestilence, then we're into the famine stage, and now we've got global conflict. We've got the sword. We've got war. And we very well could see in the next few days, and, and, you, and if you've been keeping up with any of this stuff, and I don't want to get sidetracked. I want to talk about the purpose for the storm. There's three purposes for it. We're going to hit that real quick in just a moment. But uh, if you've been watching about this, and if you ever heard that somebody was saying on the news that, uh, the United States didn't want Putin to lose. You, if you heard that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an argument. And you think they're out of their mind. They're just letting them fight and they just wanted kind of be even draw kind of a thing. They don't want Putin to lose. Well, there's a reason why they don't want Putin to lose. Because he's an egomaniac. And he's narcissistic. And he has nuclear uh, bombs. 
And if he feels like he's been shamed or embarrassed or losing on a world front, at his age, he's 70, I think, 4, 72, something like that, 70, uh, 74, I think, whatever. At his age, he, he don't have a, he, he's got no qualms about pushing the big red button. When this war is over, they will try him for war crimes. They will. So he's got no qualms hitting the big red button. What are you saying? I'm saying that storm could be on the horizon. You could see a tactical nuclear explosion in your lifetime. And all the old people are dead that saw it in 1942. I mean, there's some people that was here that were born in 42, but you, you didn't see it. You were an infant. We don't even have anybody that's in there uh, 100 years old around here, 95 years old in our church. So you don't know what Nagasaki and Hiroshima look like. But, but you may know what Kiev looks like or, uh, or, or Kukriv or one of the other towns in Ukraine, uh, Ukraine, um, Ukraine if they push a nuclear button. So if it does, you don't need to freak out. These are, these are storms. The Bible said in the last days there are going to be what? Wars and... Okay, so I made the point that storms are natural. So if storms are natural, whether they're personal or they're an international conflict or they're a national conflict or whatever, then we've got to figure out, okay, what's the deal with all this? What's going on here? What's going on with the storm, the purpose for the storm? Well, I'm just going to cut to the chase right now and simply tell you that the Lord is trying to reveal himself to you in the storm. He literally is trying to manifest himself to you in your storm. Whether it's a nuclear explosion or a trip to the doctor's office from a, from a baseball game. You've got to understand that in this storm, God wants to do three things. He wants, he wants to manifest his presence. He wants you to re reveal his presence. He wants to reveal his power. And he wants you to see his potential. The potential. He wants you to see his presence. He wants you to see his power. And he wants you to understand the potential that he has for your storm. And, and if you can get these three things, the next time you get in a storm, the wind is going to be as bad as it's ever been. Maybe worse. I would say a nuclear explosion would be the worst wind we would have had in my lifetime. Okay, the, the waves are going to be as high. The boat may be looking... I mean, 40% of our stores don't have, don't have uh, Similac or don't have baby food right now. How many people know that? Milk for infants. 40%. You didn't hear me. Only 15% of the children in America today are breastfed. The other 85% for the first six months of their life depend on, uh, uh, well, Similac is the name brand, but whatever, the, the milk, the canned milk, the formula, baby formula. There you go. I'm, I'm, thank you for helping me. Baby formula. And how did we get, six months is critical is what Dr. What's Your Name said, but the 12 months is what they need it for. But she said for the six, first six months, it's, you, you, you got one option or the other. And, and then after that, it's, you can play some things. This is how serious it is. There, people are trying to figure out how to make this stuff theirself and da-da-da-da and, and what not to do and all of that. We are living in a, 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 a situation that is very serious. Okay, so if you get freaked out, by the wind, and you get freaked out by the waves. Can I cut to the chase? He said, he rebuked them. I'm going to get to the end of my sermon because I don't want to lose you. 
And I'm just teaching tonight, and I'm just throwing it all out there. This stuff is in my spirit, and, I, and it's been heavy on me. Uh, and it's just in my spirit. Uh, he said, he rebuked them. He said, oh, you of little faith in the second storm. Oh, you of little faith. Why are you of little faith? He said, because they remembered not the miracle of the loaves. Immediately before the storm happened in your life, you might have been in, and I, please excuse me for using a personal reference. Your, your world was probably pretty good. You probably weren't having a bad day. You were just having a normal day. You might even had a miracle that day. It might have been a day that you had uh, something blessing in your life. And then you get freaked out all of a sudden. If you're not careful, you'll go, how did I go from blessing to a storm? I never saw it coming. How, what's going on here? He said, they remembered not the miracle of the loaves. They considered not the miracle of the loaves. It had just happened. No doubt in that boat where they were alone in that boat, without Jesus in the boat, they had the portion of the fish in a basket. They might not have carried all 12 baskets with them, but I'll guarantee you those hungry fishermen carried some of it with them. They had a portion, and Jesus brought it up. He said, because they considered not the miracle of the loaves because of the hardening of their heart. If you get freaked out by your storm, it will cause your heart to be hardened. If you get your eyes on the wind and the waves, if you get your... If you get like, oh my God, why is this happening? You'll forget that God is good all the time. You'll forget that God is always with you. And even if he's not in the boat, he's looking for, at you from a mountain a long way off. And even though you may be screaming and crying, he's praying for you. And he's looking for you. And the Bible said he saw them struggling in the middle of the night. He didn't see him with his eyes. His, he saw him in the spirit realm. And you are in the palm of his hand and in the center of his eye, whether he's on board or he's off board. And, and he said, he, he rebuked them and he said, why didn't you just look at what I just did for you? But they got to looking at the problem instead of the promise and the power and the provision they looked for the problem of the wind and the waves, and, and it was bad. They didn't know if their marriage was going to make it. They didn't know if chemotherapy was going to work. They didn't know if they were going to have enough money to pay the gas bill. They didn't know what Putin was going to... They didn't know the boat was taking on water. It was... They knew because they were fishermen. They were in dire straits. The word jeopardy is used there. That means they're about to die. They're about to go under the water. They felt very sure that they weren't going to survive the chemo. They weren't going to get through the moment. They weren't... You let me preach in a metaphor. This is what I'm trying to do here. And so we can apply it to our life. When we get in a storm, we don't know if we're going to make it. You don't know if you're... And you're not guaranteed to make it. You're going to die of something sooner or later. And, 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 and good things happen to bad people. I mean, bad things happen to good people. God doesn't go around picking on you because you've been bad or anything. Life happens. And, 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 and you can't figure it out. It's just part of the storm that comes. If you sit around, if my wife and I sat around and tried to figure out why Taylor died in a car wreck, it would drive, our heart would become calloused. 
We, we could never, if we just focused on that, we would never look at all the good things that God has done for us. How many times he's provided? How many times he's been there? How many times he's got us through? If you just focus on the, the storm or what you're going through, then you will never see the potential of what Jesus Christ can do in your life and your heart becomes calloused and hardened and you won't pray anymore and you won't believe God anymore. And, and, and I'm not saying it's easy in the middle of a storm to pray. It's not easy in the middle of a storm. Matter of fact, I do a lot of crying out instead of crying up. In my storms, that's what they were doing. They were crying out. They thought, they, they did not think it was Jesus. They thought it was a ghost. They were scared out of their mind. They didn't look at it and go, oh, Jesus, oh, cool. They were screaming and hollering. And he said, be of good cheer, it's me. And then you get Peter's whole thing, that, you know, uh, Peter is going to walk on water. That's an amazing thing. Uh, but hey, the boat's sinking and Jesus hidden. May not. Have been, it may just have been a survival moment. Are you, are you with me? It may. Have, uh, well, that that happened, didn't it? <laughs> the AC duct just opened up over there, Pastor Tim. If you'll just close that back, Amen. <laughs> it, that, it may have just been a survival instinct for him to say, "Hey, this boat's going under, and Jesus is on top of the water. I'm going to go where he's at." And he said, Let, okay, so we're going to go back to the, 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 the I, I, I had to, he's trying to manifest himself. Okay, let's go to the first storm. The first storm is, is very unique. Jesus is with them in the boat. Now, he goes to the back of the boat and he lays down, and the Bible is very specific, on a pillow. You will not find a pillow on a fisherman's boat in the Sea of Galilee. They're just not there. So evidently he brought it. So what I'm trying to preach to somebody is time we start packing a pillow for our problem. If the storm's coming anyway, if we know we're going to run into a storm, we might as well have a pillow ready for our problem. Somebody help me. I feel the helper. We might, I don't know if I'm helping somebody in the house or somebody online tonight, but we might as well bring a pillow instead of scream out, holler out, and try to uh, 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 figure out why, and, 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 and accuse and false accuse. I mean, the ship is taking on water. They're, they know it's going down. It's going to sink. This is, they, these are not inexperienced fishermen. These are men that know this lake. And they see Jesus on the boat. And they're following him already. They've been following him. Do they believe he's the Christ or not? Do they believe what he said? Do you believe the Bible or not? Do you believe what you've said you believe or not? You've been following Jesus for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, some of you. Do you believe what you've heard preached and what you've read in the Word of God or not? Do you believe? If you do, then why do you get an attitude towards him sometimes? And I speak to myself, too, because it's easy to do. Jesus ain't freaked out at my problem. He's the keeper of the wind. He's the peace speaker. He knows that in a moment he can shut it down, so he knows the storm's coming. He's just going to go to sleep. 
And they look back at him and get indignant. They see him in the back of the boat. They're toiling. They're trying to keep the boat afloat. And Jesus is asleep. Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you doing, why aren't you this, that? Well, look at him. He's back there. And, and I don't know which one it was. It was probably Peter because he was the loudmouth among them. He was the hothead. Pure caloric, I'm sure. He went back there, some one of them, and woke him and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? You're asleep. Don't you care that we perish? So the very first thing, the Lord, you need to understand in your storm is the Lord is with you. You say, he ain't doing nothing. He's still with you. He's still with you. I ain't seeing any results. The waves are still blowing. The wind's still blowing. I'm still getting wet. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to survive this. I don't know if I'm going to get through this. He's still there. He's still there. And you ought to look at the calmness of Christ in your life as a calming effect on you. The Lord is not freaked out about Putin and the Russians. As a matter of fact, it's been prophesied that there's going to be wars. He, that storm is going to come. If it's now or later, it's going to come. And when that storm comes... It may look like the Lord is calm and nothing's going on, but he's on board with you. He is trying to manifest and reveal his presence in the midst of your storm. And what you need to do is look at Jesus in the midst of your storm. The first thing you need to understand the purpose of your storm is to understand the presence of the Savior and make sure he's on board. And if he's on board, if you're talking to him, he's talking to you. If you've got a communication, they could see him. If you know the Lord is, if you can get up in the morning and feel the presence of God praying in the midst of your problem and still not know the answer, but you can feel the comforter, then you just need to say, hey, he's calm, so I'm going to be calm. And he's in my storm with me. Well, I'm not going through this by myself. So the first thing you need to understand is his presence. His presence. Immediately in that first storm, he gets up and he speaks to the wind and the waves. There's two commands here. I love this. I've preached this for years. I hadn't preached it in a long time. Maybe I said it before, but there's two commands. He says, peace be still. He's speaking two commands there. The first command he's speaking is to the wind that's blowing into the waves that are there peace when the Lord says peace it's peace when the Lord says peace it ceases and the second command was to the men who had been toiling against the wind and he tells the wind peace and the sea slicks out and then he says to those men Take a rest. Take five. Be still. Quit rowing. God's on board. I got this. You're okay. Didn't you realize that I was on board? And if everything that I've told you is true, if you believe what you said you believe, then God has got you. 
If you believe what you say you've been living all of these years, that you've been living for God, then God has got this. Even if you can't figure it out, even if you don't know when it's going to end, even if you don't understand where it came from, he's got this. And all he's got to do is stand and say peace. And then he says to you, be still. Quit struggling. Quit striving. Quit fighting. Quit, quit, quit rowing against something that you can't control anyway. This is a storm. You cannot do one thing about Putin. And you can't do one, you cannot do one thing right now. Not one thing about the gas prices. Not one thing. So, well, I'll go buy me an oil well. It's too late for that, honey. You should have bought it a month ago or six months ago or a year ago. Too late to get into oil business now. You couldn't afford it. There's nothing you can do. So, well, I can vote. Even if we change uh, parties, this thing may not change the whole world. May not change. This is a world issue. We're in a world problem. This is real. There's shortages. This is real. You cannot do one thing by yourself. So, you might as well quit striving against things you cannot fix. All the rowing in the world was not going to save those guys. The only thing that could save them was Jesus Christ. And when he rises, he's in control. First thing they need to understand was that he was with them. His presence is with them. The second storm we come to, you say, well, he constrained them to go over by their self. That's, we're going to talk, I'm going to bounce back and forth because I'm going to talk about presence, power, and I'm going to talk about potential. Presence. Second boat, he wasn't with them. But no doubt, the miracle was with them. The loaves were with them. A basket of fish was with them. When you don't feel goosebumps, please hear me whether you're in the house or your own line. When you can't feel God and you can't feel goosebumps, go back to a miracle. Because even when you don't feel God on board with you, there's a miracle in your life you can point back to. There's something in your life you can look and say, well, I know he did that for me then. And if he did that for me then, I can still... Don't let your heart be hardened by the wind and the waves and the worry and the stress. Don't let your faith be dampened. Just say, okay... I, I, I can't feel Jesus. I don't see him on a, on a pillar on the boat. I, 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 I don't even know where he was at. I, I know he, he put us in this boat and he made us go without him. And, 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 and it feels like I'm alone and I don't feel him and I can't sense him and I can't touch him and I can't see him, but I can still see the miracle that he's done in my life. I can still see where he's brought me from. I can remember the last time I was in trouble and God did something for me and let your faith be stirred in that. And even though if you don't feel him, if you don't sense him in the boat with you, know this and know it assuredly, he sees you. He's never taken his eye off of you. He's never left your presence, even though his physical presence is not with us right now. His Holy Spirit. David said, if I ascend into the heavens or I make my bed in hell, there will I find the Spirit of the Lord or the presence of the Lord. You cannot 
go anywhere that he is not looking at you, knowing what's going on, knowing what's going on in your life. So even if you don't see him in a physical sense or you don't feel the goosebumps or, or maybe your prayers feel like they just hit the ceiling and they, they go away and, 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 and no, nothing really happens in my storm, look what he's done for you. Remember the most immediate thing he's done for you and say, you know what, I'm going to have a bite of fish right about now in the middle of my storm. Reach over, hand me that basket of loaves and fish. I'm going to have a little bit of that right now. So the very first thing he wants to do is he wants you to understand his presence. The second thing he wants you to understand in your storm is the power of God. He said peace, and it was over. He didn't have to do a war dance or a rain dance or hocus pocus or anything else. He spoke one word, peace. Be still. And when he spoke those two commands, it slicked out. When God rises on your behalf, then the will of God's going to come to play. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. There's no storm that, is, that, that this world can present that if you don't look for the Lord, you will not find a way of escape. Somebody said, well, what do you mean? Does, I'm going to win every time. I'm going to do this. You may, your way of escape may be the Lord take you on to heaven. But that's a way of escape, honey. And if you, if you don't believe that, then I need to do a whole different sermon on heaven. And I need to be talking more. We need to talk, think more about heaven. Because there's more to it than just this world. I'm not just living for this world. I'm living for that world which is to come. Amen. And I realize that in life I'm going to go through some stuff. Amen. And I'm going to have to face some stuff. And one of these days, one of these days, I'll go to be with Jesus. It may be in, it may be in the storm of cancer or COVID. I can't tell you. If, I would be a liar if I told you if everybody that lives for God didn't get COVID. Why did Brother Hayes die? Did he backslide overnight? Give me a break. That's not why it happens. This is the way life is. This is what happens to us in life because this world is not our home. We're leaving here. We're getting out of here. But in the meantime, we got to go through some stuff. And while we're going through it, you need to understand that when, when he got back on that boat, they had seen him heal blind eyes. They had seen him raise the dead. They had seen him do all manner of things. But they had never seen him control nature. And when he got on that boat, that first storm, they said, what manner of man is this? Who in the world is this? I've been walking with Jesus. I've been talking with Jesus. I, I, I've slept in the same uh, tents with him on the side of the road. I've been living for the Lord a long time. I, I, I've been to a lot of revivals. I, I've been raised in this. I, I've, been, I've, been having, I've been a believer in faith for many years, but I ain't never seen him act up and act out the way he just did. Oh, my God, look at the power of God in this man. And the one, one says, surely you're a man of God. You're a sin of God. Surely they were saying literally that you are God incarnate because only God can control the wind and the storms. But think about that. That's who's in the storm with you. God is in the storm with you. And he is trying to manifest or reveal his power to you in your storm. And then finally, potential potential he's trying to show you potential in the storm storm comes up <laughs> Jesus sees them in the middle of the night fourth watch the last watch of the night 
right before the dawn. Sees them toiling, rowing against the wind and the waves. They're not making any headway. They're about to sink. He sees them, and he comes walking to them on the water. Can you imagine that? Walking on the water. Can you imagine what kind of potential is in God? Walking on the water. Yet again, he conquers the laws of nature. Gravity is a law that affects everybody exactly the same. And the, the law of, of hydrodynamics, he should have just slipped right through the surface of that water and just started bloop, 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 right down to the bottom. And, and not to mention that there were waves and wind, and he's walking on the water in the middle of the night. There's no lights. There's, no, there's nothing. And they see in that fourth watch, probably just as it's getting close to dawn, uh, what they perceive, they are so afraid, they are so scared, they think they're about to die. Jesus is not on board with them. They've not taken the time to look at the loaves that are with them. The, and, and so they're, uh, they're crying, they're screaming. These are grown men. They're, they're reckoning with the reality of $5.50 diesel. They're reckoning with the reality that 40% of the stores don't have uh, formula for babies. They're reckoning with the reality of some of the stuff that, that we might, they're, they're dealing with the, this intellectually, that they're about to die. And then all of a sudden, the spooky stuff starts. The spiritual stuff starts. The stuff that, oh my God, is that a spirit? That, have you ever seen a man walk on water? Please don't say yes. Please don't say yes. I'll have a lot of homework if you do. You ain't never seen nobody walk on it. You don't even know what it looks like. You can't, your brain can't even comprehend what it looks like to walk on water. I'm talking about the potential of your God. I'm talking about something that had never happened. And all of a sudden, he comes walking on the water. The last thing that crossed their mind is that Jesus was going to come walking on the water to them. Matter of fact, it was impossible for it to enter their mind. They had no concept of it. It had never happened, and it's never happened since. But here comes Jesus walking on the water. Their brain, their intellectual capacity would not let them see the image of Jesus and believe that it was him. He has got mind-blowing potential. Man, you need to get this. There is, mind, there is things that God can do in our lives that has not even been done yet in history. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. He's got, if he needs to walk on water, he'll do it again. But he could, he could do something else in your life by his Holy Spirit that you can't eat, that, that, that your brain cannot even conceive. He's got so much potential, so much outside of our way of thinking. So they scream, they holler, is that you? And no, they, before even they could even holler, he said, be not afraid, it's I. They recognize his voice, praise God. If you've been talking to the Lord, you recognize his voice. 
How many people help me right here? Amen? You know what it feels like when you heard from the Lord, even when you don't understand what he just said to you. Anybody know you heard from the Lord before and didn't understand why he said what he said? Anybody ever done that? I know, I know what it feels like when God talks to me. I, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, but I know what it sounds like. They could not conceive intellectually what God was doing in their life and that he was about to rescue them and that he had never left them because he could always see them and always had them in, 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 in his eye. They couldn't intellectually. But when they heard his voice, something in their heart said, that, that's Jesus. I know what Jesus feels like. I don't get what I'm going through, but I know what it feels like when Jesus speaks to me. I know what it feels like when, when I touch the throne of grace and they, they got a hold of Jesus and, 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 and they hollered, if it's you, Peter hollers at him, if it's you, Lord, listen to that. Well, that's a lot of faith in that if, isn't it? Just start your prayer tonight like that. If there's a God, not much faith, is there? If you love me, if, if that's you, if, it was enough though. You know where faith started? When he cried out. It wouldn't matter what he said. He cried out to the Lord. Now he's not crying to himself. Now he's talking to the Lord. If it's you, Lord, bid me to come. Because if you got that much potential, God, I want that potential with me. He said the works that I do, these works shall you do in greater works. I'm talking about the purpose of your storm. It's not just to show you God's potential, but to show you your potential. Because if you'll connect up with him in the midst of your storm, he'll try to show you and show you that the storm was always coming. There's always going to be the storm. But if you can understand my potential, then you can understand that I've called you and I've got a purpose for you. And if you'll just come, to, come with me. And so Peter gets out. Now watch this. We all like to see Peter hand in hand with Jesus because that's when he saves him from drowning. But folks, hear me and hear me well. Peter walked on the water by himself at the command of the Lord. He went walking on the water to the Lord. Now you either believe that or you don't. Let that challenge you right now intellectually like tithing does or anything else does. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it. It may not be for somebody here, and I know the time, but I, I feel to say it. I've pastored several doctors in the last 32 years, and every doctor I've ever pastored or anybody studying to be a doctor always gets to the God question. If God, then why? If God, then why? And, and, and why does this happen? Why do babies die? Why? If God, then why? If there is a God, then why? They always get to the God question, and, I, and invariably. I bring them in and we'll go have lunch or we'll sit down and talk and I say, I've got one question for you, okay? Did a virgin have a baby or not? Because let's just cut to the chase. Because that don't happen in nature. That ain't real in nature. That has never happened before and never happened since. You've been to all that medical school you want to go to. You've been to all of that medical... You've been to all them biology classes you want to. You know what it takes. So either cut to the chase, you either believe a virgin had a baby and that baby was Christ Jesus sent from the Holy Spirit of God and in him dwelt the fullness of either you believe it or you don't. 
You either believe what I'm preaching to you tonight or you don't. In your storm, there is potential like you cannot imagine. In the midst of your storm, there is potential that because he's in your storm and he has potential. It, you started out a moment ago thinking you were about to die. You were about to drown. Every part of your intellectual ability, your capacity as a human being is saying, this isn't going to work. This is not going to end well. It's going down. We're sinking. But let me tell you in the Holy Ghost, uh, he's got potential that you can't imagine and he's wanting you just to come out on the water. He's saying, I can do it and you can do it. As long as I, I'm with you and we have his Holy Spirit with us in the midst of our storm he's asleep in our life and we can wake him at any time and we can say Lord I need you and he will speak and his power will be seen his Holy Spirit is in this house tonight and he's waiting for you in the midst of your storm to look for the potential okay God okay God what's coming out of this I'm speaking to you in the Holy Ghost the storm was going to come anyway it was going to happen You are going to get sick. You're going to get old. People die. Economies explode. Wars happen. That's the life we're in. So in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the problem, you need to look for the potential and say, God, what do you have for me to do? If it's walking on water, I want to walk on water. If it's something, God, if you just speak the word, I'm going to do it. Let's stand. Feel the Holy Ghost in the house. We're fine, Sister Priscilla. Just stay with your husband. Thank you, though, for coming. There's a purpose for the storm. It's so you'll see his presence. You'll recognize his power and you'll realize his potential. His potential is not just for you. Not just for him, I'm sorry, walking on the water. It's for you too. The reason he did these miracles is so that you would believe that by the same Holy Spirit you could do the miracles. You could speak a word. You could do the miraculous. You don't have to know the answer. You just got to know who is the answer. Right now, could we just lift our hands right now? I really feel like I'm ministering to somebody online right now or somebody that's going to watch this. Wherever you're at right now in the Holy Ghost, you, whatever you're going through, if you're in a storm right now, if you would just simply understand that he's on the boat with you, and even if he's not on the boat with you, he's watching over you and he can be in your situation and he's in your storm even though you don't recognize him. He's looking at you. Look at the miraculous. He's got all power. There's nobody else like him. What manner of man is this that the wind and the waves understand and obey him? And what potential, what potential is in Jesus? He's with you right now. He's here in this place today by his Holy Spirit. And he's trying to reveal himself to you. He's trying to reveal himself to you. Look for him. Don't let your heart be calloused by the conditions of the world or 
the report of a medical record or a visit. Somebody needs to quit praying for peace in the storm. Storm has a beginning, it has an end. Just pack a pillow. Lay down beside the master. Say, you got this, God. You got this. Next time you sense a storm in your life, don't let it drive you crazy. Just say, Lord, I'm just going to find a place to snuggle up to you. I'm just going to just get close to you. I'm going to trust you. You've got this, Lord. Hallelujah. If you feel the presence of the Lord in this place, just lift your hands right now and know that that's the creator of heaven and earth that you're sensing by his Holy Spirit right now. The one that controls the wind and the rain, he's on board with you. He knows your name. He showed the whole Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Storms will come and go in life, but they have a purpose to find the presence, the power, and the potential of God. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for these precious people that have come to this house tonight. They've come here with the purpose of lifting you up and to learn more of you by the Word of God. And God, I trust that the Word and the Spirit has both ministered to each and every one that is in this place and that is watching online. And I ask you, Lord, just to let your Holy Spirit be that comforter in the midst of the storm. And God, keep us and remind us, God, of what we've heard here in this house tonight. The next time we sense the storm or find ourselves in a situation that is out of our control or our ability, that, that our toil is useless and our labor is in vain, we just need to know that you're with us, Lord. You're with us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. I hope I've been a blessing to you tonight. I hope you feel what I feel in this place. And the next time you face a problem in your life, just start looking for the Lord. He's there, amen. His power will blow your mind.